Rorik Honda is still placing red bows on Rorik rides to finish out a successful 2019. Don't let the showroom fool you. There is a wonderland of Rorik rides waiting to be had with hundreds of styles. Simply waiting for your choice of color, make, and needs. Stop by our Bloomfield location or visit us at Rorik.com. And now let's start the end of year, end of decade. Oh my gosh. Your Jag Off podcast. It's the Roaring Twenties again. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word Jagoff. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jagoff! Or someone scares the out of you. Yeah, Jagoff! Or, it's a term of endearment. How you been, Jagoff? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richard. This is Ken Bill. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Rocky Blyer. Hey, it's Rick Sivak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jagoff Podcast. So this is the Jagoff Podcast, the last podcast edition for the year 2019 and the last podcast edition for the decade. Yeah, that's so... I don't think anyone had realized it. And then all of a sudden you're seeing these posts about 2020. Right. And it's the new 20s. And I love that kind of hark back to the decades of old. So this will be fun. Are we going to do Roaring 20s theme podcast? Yeah. We theme everything. Oh, that's a great idea. We'll have to... We're in. We'll see if Cousin Lisa's listening. (laughs) Cousin Lisa, tweet us if you know that Aunt Marie is going to teach us the Roaring Twenties again. Anyways, so this is the last podcast of the year, and we're throwing this together kind of like, um, if you haven't listened to the podcast all year long, this is some of our favorites. I wouldn't say all of our favorites because... We have a, we've had a lot of good guests. What would be your lucky. overall favorite? If there was one you had to pick, because we obviously went through and chose certain things, but what would yeah. be your overall pick? I uh, boy, I, I mm, you can't do it. I can't do Ain't it. Gonna do I it. mean, Greg Brown is certainly one of my favorites. Just the fact I know <laughs> he's such a serious dude, but then rolls with every every humorous punch that comes along. As you know that we talked about that, but right you. Yeah, same. I don't know because there's, there's like you think of one, like I would say my hundredth episode, but then I think about the first time Arthur came on and I'm like, oh, that was a good time. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't know that I could pick one, but we know that our new year's resolution is to make them better and better and better. So next year, I can't wait for everybody to listen. But first, do you recall what was on the blog? Because we had some holiday fun. We did. Yes. Yeah. So we did the Jagoff Challenge. We did... We um, only got a couple this year. Yeah. One well, year we had a whole bunch. Maybe we're maturing. I don't that know. That might be right. Yeah. I don't know. But we also did two tickets to see The Illusionist. And someone pointed out to me yesterday that someone on the Rorick page said that we gave it to a family member. That is not true. We did what? not. Yeah. Oh, I had wow. to go check that out because that's not true. It was, I never met this woman before in my life. Yeah. Not a family member. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, huh. and then, um, you talked about the day after Christmas, the, the rapping wrestle or argument or fight. And then, uh, we also talked about the coffee drinker who right. <laughs> works for one, one him. chain and drank another. So yeah. we're kind of up to date and literally closing out. 2019. And as we open, we always try to tell you where we're going to be in the next few podcasts. We are getting ready to launch the 2020 Jandy Waterproofing Fireplace Tour. Can't wait. Which is where we go and take our podcast to different people's houses. So if you have a cool fireplace out there and you live somewhere close to Pittsburgh, you should let us know. Or not close because we travel. We're travelers. We will travel. We did. Right. Yeah. And we'll bring some food and we'll bring a little bit of music. And a little bit of joviality, as and we good might guests. say. Right. Mm-hmm. So that'll be 2020. And again, if you're listening to the Jagoff podcast for the very first time, please make sure you go to radio.com, radio.com. the radio.com app. Radio.com. Where you, radio.com. <laughs> 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 right. Right. And, uh, you know, subscribe to it or get to it. You know, if you're a subscriber, you get the podcast early on Mondays. And if you're not, then you have to wait till you get on yajagoff.com every Tuesday. So what's the first one? All right. First one is we last year we went actually speaking of fireplace, a very cool fireplace at Carmela's restaurant. We loved Carmela's. We do not know how we have been through the South side multiple times for pretzel trips or whatnot. Right. And somehow miss ever going to Carmela's, but we had brunch. My friends came along and truth be told, the reason we even ended up with the guests who we did were because best friend Jen begged us 
Right. So Jeff Rizzilla came on to talk about his whiteboard, weather. his whiteboard weather. But then we talked to Dan Giggler about his food gig yeah. as Munch at the Post Gazette. Now, I just feel like we're so lucky to have this like all-star, you know, jam-packed podcast. Yeah. yeah. Does it get any for better sure. than this? Yeah, for sure. I don't know what to talk about first, food or music. Food, music, yeah. Two I think of our you, favorite let's, things. Let's <laughs> talk about the coolest thing, Pittsburgh, right? Right. But, uh, Dan, uh, I have a question for you. Munch okay. is the Post-Gazette thing. Is this like Lassie? Are there multiple? Are you going to shatter my dreams and there are multiple Lassies? There are multiple Munches? Oh, no. So or are you the no, only Munch? Just me. And uh, <laughs> So it used to be that way. There were, uh, oh, sorry. There were... Um, there were like four of us, I want to say, okay. uh, for many years, and then um, some of them left the paper, and I just kind of took on a larger role okay. as part of it. But we've also, like, it hasn't been anonymous anonymous for some time either. Um, like, we, we put our name on the... Yeah, you're kind of noticeable now, when you walk still, in. You're yeah. kind of, you know, you're just not... <laughs> <laughs> well, no bag on my head, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was a, it was a team thing, and then it just kind of became me. Okay. Well, like where we are at Carmela's right now, like I did. So I wrote about them when they opened because I just thought it was, you know, uh, to me then the hook was that. And so I live in this neighborhood, A. But um, B, you know, it was this kind of old, uh, old-timey uh, dive bar called the Intermission. And when they when they redid it, I was my, my jaw had to fall because I mean, it always had this beautiful fixture work that we see around us, you know, right here. But like. Man, the way they, they, they classed it up and everything, I just I was like, wow, this is really something. They were serving these interesting food. So I wrote about it then when it opened. That was a couple years ago. But just recently, just two weeks ago, I think, well, not even two weeks ago, I wrote about their new chef, uh, Carl um, Pierre-Louis, mm-hmm. uh, who is the chef here. And this guy's story is, like, unbelievable. I mean, he, you know, at first, what caught my initially was that um, he was doing once a month he does a Haitian food menu. I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, you never hear about Haitian food. I mean, you know, we obviously in, in Pittsburgh we do not have a large uh, Caribbean population. In fact, that in doing some research on that, I found that there, isn't even in, there aren't even that many Haitians in the United States, and if there are, they're almost all in Florida or New York. So it's very novel. You know, we have a couple good Caribbean restaurants, a couple, just a small few, but they're, they're Jamaican pretty mm. much. So Haitians, it's totally different, you know. And um, so I was just interested in the idea that he was doing that food. Well, then I sit and talk to him, and the guy's story is unbelievable. He's you know he's just 25 years old. Um, he was, grew up in, he was actually born in the states, but uh, grew up in Haiti to ha- Haitian parents. And uh, his father was killed in the terrible earthquake they had there yeah. in 2010. As a result of the earthquake, he was sent back to the United States to live with his brother, um, to go to finish his schooling and everything like that. While he's there, while he's here, his brother goes home. He's 16, 17 years old, I think. His brother goes home to Haiti to visit family and friends or whatever. Now, they had this huge spike in crime, like, like all over the place, because the country was totally leveled, you know, in this earthquake. His brother gets killed oh. while he's there in, in a st- random street crime incident. So this kid is... He's by himself in the United States. Oh, my and, God. And, you know, this, what, what do I want to do? But he wanted to finish school. He wanted to be the first person's family to go to college. And so he ended up, it was like the movie The Blind Side. He went to live with his high school football coach, which is another part of the story. He, he had never seen anybody play football before, didn't even know what it was. And when they came, you know, if you, you've met him, he's a big Husky Yo, guy. God, and the yeah. coach said, hey, we sign you up, you know. And he ended up playing on the line. And uh, he was pretty good. So he stayed with him, kept playing football, got a scholarship to a D2 school down in West Virginia. That's how he got up this way. Okay. And studied culinary there also. Went to work at Nemecolon and um, uh, the Greenbrier. Wow. Uh, married a girl from West Virginia. Jesus. So this is the whole thing. It's not just the food. Like the stories behind the, story. the people yeah. with the food right. is something else. So we roasted, as you remember, we roasted around that fireplace. We were roasting, like Legit. literally roasting. Yeah, yeah. sweat beads. <laughs> kind of like now, except we were around a fire. Right. <laughs> then. Right. And I love, love, love the stories about the Haitian chef. And speaking of stories and expanding our horizons, we went to Lincoln 
Park in Beaver County. Literally a week after that particular one. Maybe we were on a roll. It seems like March and April were our hot spots. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's indicative of this year. We'll see. And Scott Taddy from the Beaver County Times, just a Such good a dude. Such a fan. Yep. And had it and showed us like it was like, whoa, open yeah. up this world no of doubt. Beaver County to no, us. No, I had been there before, mm-hmm. but not inside. I had been on the grounds. And having been inside and been on the stage where they were doing Singing in the Rain, if you recall. Yep. It was a whole other experience. And I know you're not a huge theater buff, but we appreciate theater. And to be there and listen to the stories that Scott told and um, and Justin, who was the production person there, who was from here and did Pittsburgh Musical Theater, right. if you remember. And when you listen to this, you know, people always ask us, well, I wish I had your job. Well, Scott Daddy has a really good answer then. And who, yes. what famous rock star kind of buffed him? So explain, tell, you tell everybody from the Beaver County Times all the cool things that are happening. So you get to go all the cool gigs. Saw you at Garth Brooks years ago and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, your, your realm of what you write about has expanded a bit mm-hmm. more than just entertainment at this point. Is that right? That is true. Yeah. Uh, I, I do a weekly video called Get Out This Weekend and we try to pick an entertainment topic that maybe people don't know about. Something kind of offbeat. Like mm, okay. I discovered in, in downtown Beaver Falls, there's a fashion designer that moved here from Phoenix, Arizona. And she's got all kinds of awards and accolades, but she wanted to be closer to the family. A little story on her. She's having a grand opening next Saturday. Like a Rachel's face. I like that. Like yeah. a Rachel's face. That's, that's, I like that. Yeah. Just, right. Yeah. It's not quite a news story, but it, but it's uh, she's a very interesting person. And now people get to check her out her grand opening. We, you get to see what her clothes look like. So always looking for stuff Well, like and that. one of my questions for you prior to, you know, really getting into it, and obviously we like to gauge what you're talking about to really ask our questions, but one of our prefab questions was, what is art anymore, right? Because there's so many different categories at mm-hmm. this point that it's so hard to almost make that choice because as, as we look at Arthur when we're talking about live music because That's we've established, art, right? you know, that the instrument part, mm-hmm. or we spoke with Justin about being on stage and the longevity that yeah. that's withheld. Um, but even from, from your standpoint, journalism as an art has changed. But in addition to that, what, what is, where do you stop adding art as, as something like fashion has become that, right? Yeah, very much so. So wh- how do you categorize it at this point or don't you? I guess if it's something people want to come out and see and enjoy. I, I, I like a mixed genre event. I like if yeah. there's an artist and yeah. there's, there's a slam poet and then there's an acoustic songwriter. You know, I yeah. give, give me it all once. I, I like to sample different things. And right. One place, one time. And are you noticing that there is this resurgence of uh, a rebirth, really, of things like poetry? And I, John and I just did it, hosted a um, an open mic night. What at the end of fall? Oh right, and so you're basically supposed to bring a guitar, you mm-hmm. know, or or kind of be acoustic. And we had a gentleman go recite poetry. I mean, are you seeing this even coming back to this point? People are kind of going back to days of old. Yeah, I think people are redefining entertainment. We have a, a guy who lives in Beaver named Dave Bracy who leads the uh, the craft beer festival called Fresh Fest. And, yeah, and it's mm-hmm. right now number one in USA Today voting. The, the, right. And uh, and he does a comedy night where they, they bring craft breweries in so people can come try the new beer. You're seeing a comedy show. Right. So people who would never yeah. go to a comedy what show. What a combination. They want yeah. to drink the beer and vice and versa. And you get the comedy right there. People love to see the the bands and they think you have the greatest job in the world. Just like, you know, when we get to hang out, people go, we love your job. They go, they, we have no idea how t- how many times How difficult Arthur is. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm the hardest person to work with right. ever. Yeah. I mean, he shows up early and it sucks. And he's ready to go. Never. I try to show up an hour late. Whatever his start time is, he's I'm used like to 59 minutes late. You know? But let's talk about instead of the best, like what are some of the more comical, not, not ripping on anybody, what are some of the more comical things? Or, or you thought this person was your hero. You met him. Oh, you met her. Oh, and it's like, oh, oh that's for a good question. Sense. Yeah. I had Lou Reed. Okay. Punk rock icon was could not have been meaner to me. I He had an art exhibit at the Andy Warhol Museum, and I got there early. I wasn't going to start asking questions about his music. He was yeah. there for the art. So I, I did my homework. I went up. I studied. I took notes. Went in to do the interview one-to-one. He was giving me like two-word answers. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. oh yeah. his, his manager across the hall was like furiously not making eye contact with me because he was so embarrassed for the way this guy was treating me. So but why was he? Was he just in a bad mood? Other people have told me he does that to a lot oh, of journalists. Like, oh, I was going to say, like, what time of day was it, too? Was it like yeah. early in the morning? 7 p.m. Yeah. Oh, oh no. He, he already warmed up. Come I was on. just trying yeah. to help him run. Yeah. That was no his way. lunch time. Yeah. <laughs> they gave me a phone interview with Vince Neil and Motley Crue once, but oh. they scheduled it at 9 a.m., which was not a good idea. No. I got the impression Vince wasn't a 9 a.m. kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I just read you saw dirt, right? Because this has yes. been like my yes. topic for parties, as, as John would say. And you liked it. I did. It's a yeah. little bit cheesy, but it's a fun it's cheesy. cheesy. It's yeah. very entertaining, and uh, you know they're not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. No. But uh, some good performances too, and it just has For this sure. energy. That there's it's cliches like any music, any movie about 
you know, rock band. There's always the typical cliches, but yeah. I think the energy yeah. carries it. Yeah, okay. And okay. to get back to what you said about the job, remember that Cypress Hill song when they said it's a fun job, but it's still a job. Yes. Right? Yeah, about that. without right. a doubt. True. It, Absolutely. You know, it is work. So if you had to name my top three faves for the podcast, who would you name? This one, this next one is definitely it. David Highfield. Yeah, and, but Dave's uh, too busy. Natalie Bensavenga. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And then uh, this one, Pete Hewlett, who well, has sung with Billy Joel, oh and you're going to hear about that. But the funny Sir thing Elton. is, we asked him while we were interviewing the folks at uh, the Rocks in the new Master Sounds, and we kind of probably asked it in the wrong. I asked the question in the wrong order because maybe a little bit. The, yeah, but this turned out to be so much fun, and we know anytime we have Pete, it's a good time. But having these guys interact with Pete was even better. I saw we, we were we were posting a few photos of the band and we had one uh, with Lamar standing in the middle and there are a few people going who's the who's new guy, guy? Like, <laughs> I see, I see, and we're like oh we we maybe should have oh, told you by the way yeah <laughs> but we're, we're just so <laughs> should have told you yeah he, but he's but so we we we're talk, he's with us on this whole tour and um, what we do is we start the show as a four piece. And then we bring him out as a secret weapon. Yeah. And then, oh, and then he stays on. And that's awesome. Because because it took us years to be accepted as a four-piece instrumental band. Because most most people's reaction initially would be, yeah, but where the, where's the lyrics? Where's the singing? Mm -hmm. And we're like, no, we're playing instruments. You must enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And and we, over over the years, we we trained people like sort of specialist audience to to get into that. And we found sure. that the most receptive audience to that was in this country okay um it's hard it's harder to get it off the ground elsewhere because people are you know quite obsessed with just seeing the singing um, and i was going to say pete now how hasn't that always been the case with music isn't it easier to start here oh in the states yes yeah that was is great. it really mm -hmm. yeah uh, in, now, do you guys get back to England a lot, or do you spend most of your time here in the United States because of so, what we just talked about? So I live there, and I only come here to tour. Oh, okay. Um, Eddie, the guitarist, liked it so much he moved here and married an American. Okay. Wow. Um, and a bass player lives in Spain, and <laughs> uh, Lamar lives in Atlanta, and the keyboard player lives in the UK, but in a different city to me. So we only really ever meet up when we're here touring. So where's, where's the band originally from? It, from Lee from Leeds in the UK. Oh, okay. And when, when I say that, everyone says, The Who, live at Leeds. That album was recorded in my university dining room. Oh, is that oh, right? Yeah. Wow. No way. So I, I went to the uni. Look, Lamar's getting oh, breaking yeah. news, yeah. right? He's wow. like, what? Information <laughs> so, yeah, I went to Leeds Uni in 1991, I think. And when I arrived, I was told, okay, this refectory, refectory is like posh word for dining room. Okay. Okay. And uh, they said, yeah, the stones are played in here. And, when, and that's why there's a helipad on the roof of the student union building. Because they said, we'll do the show, but we need somewhere to land a helicopter. Um, How about that? And then the Who live at least. And I saw James Brown there before he died as well. See, we have a commonality. Wow. We're tight. Do you know, Jay do you know her, James Brown? Oh, we are Yes, talks. yeah. We oh, know the story now. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's my claim to fame. Uh, so, Lamar, what, when, when you get into a band that's doing this and they're changing, do you help write? Uh, yes. Or are you, yeah, okay. Yes, totally, totally. We, we all sat down and kind of went through pre-production pre together and uh, hashed out. You know, lyrics and ideas, and uh, it's worked out gloriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, like with me and Joe Tatton, uh, the keyboardist, we we kind of hashed out good lyrics um, throughout the record. Simon came in with like a really cool tune um, towards the end of the, the recordings, and um, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, I, so I was writing lyrics and then bringing them downstairs. And Lamar is there in front of the mic. It was like a factory, wasn't it? Yeah. So we had the horns literally. on the top floor of the studio house writing wow. lines for other tunes. I was in the dining room writing lyrics. He was downstairs. Lamar was downstairs in the studio area Cutting recording vocals. a different song. Okay. And then they said, okay, Simon, we're ready to do your tune now. And I, I like, quickly finished a verse, yeah. came down. Yeah. And then uh, I'd written kind of too many syllables. And it was, a, I, being a drummer... My lyrics tend to be a bit rhythmically precise, and mm -hmm. like they, I fill up like, and and they were like, well, it was just yeah. like, hold on, yeah. the lyrics are good. We they were like, yeah, sort it a little it's, bit, it's, you know. So I just because kind of Eddie, who's producing it, said that we want to hear his soulful voice ringing through, and you can't do that if you just constantly <laughs> got syllables. So so I went, okay, I'm culling like all these yeah. syllables oh and stripped down the verses yeah. so that they they were much simpler. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and then. 
sat there next to Lamar while he's recording them verse, one verse at a time. Yeah. And that's how we did the whole record, really, wasn't it? Basically, yeah. Because yeah. It, we, it wasn't a case of write the tunes, arrange them, everybody learn them. And right. It, it was, they were sort of being written and recorded in real time. It's very organic. Very so, organic. And I have to know, is that what... I, I love this whole, you know... Yeah, this mix right. I was right. going to ask... Uh, I was in a band with... Um, Called Novo Combo, mm -hmm. with uh, Michael Shreve was a drummer. Played with Santana, ah. and we used to get together every day and just play and play and record stuff. And it's like songs would appear out of what we were playing, and then we'd it, you could sing things phonetically, mm. you know. Yeah, and add, add lyrics afterwards. Yeah, right? and then write lyrics down. Yeah. yeah, you guys do that, right? Yes, that's that's the way I work so mainly. Phrase before you have <laughs> yes. what it is you're trying to actually say. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the melody comes first for me. You know, oh, okay. Uh, normally, yeah. um, and yeah, the jibber is in between. I go back and like. Is there a word in there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There Whereas you go. when I was writing the lyrics, I didn't necessarily have a melody. In my, mm. I had a rhythm, exactly. but not a melody. So it, it was it was a real collaboration. Like so we have like a Bernie Top and Elton John thing. Let's <laughs> 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 hope so. Yeah, and we're here yeah. to see it. Yeah. And Pete's going to sing back up, and Rachel and I will be we'll there with it. our lighters. We'll, we'll be with our lighters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> our lighter apps. Pete, uh, you know, I want to talk about in, in general. I, people that did not hear your, our podcast episode with you on it before. Tell me, because I'm going to ask these two guys the same question. Tell us about your iconic moment in music. And I think you would relay your Shea Stadium one. Or, right? yeah, Tell, would, just repeat that if you don't You don't have mind. to, Pete, just because John said. If you have another I, I one. Hear you have a different one, yeah. Because <laughs> you guys, we're going to ask you guys the same question. No, it was, it was definitely, um, I'd worked with Billy till 89, and then I came back here. Came back to Pittsburgh, did some things in between, lived in Nashville for a couple of years. But anyway... 20 years later, 19 years later, he called to see if I was... He's talking about Billy, Billy Joel, Joel, everyone. Yeah, by the way. He didn't want to name drop, but... You know Bill. He's my front man. He's my front man. So, it's 19 years later, and it was like, oh my God, sure, man, I'd love to. You know, closing Shea Stadium down. And there was... I mean, the roster was uh, Roger Daltrey and Steven Tyler and Garth Brooks and Tony Bennett. And then when we were, you know, rehearsing, getting things together, it's like there's a chance Paul McCartney might show up. And it was like, oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so any, anyway, it was um, the end of this uh, Friday night we did the show, and I came off stage. I was talking to one of the guys in the road crew, and he said, uh, he's here. I said, McCartney? He said, yeah, he just showed up, man. He took a jet from, of course he from did. England over, you know, to make the show. So... We're standing there talking and uh, looking in the doorway, coming in. And uh, oh, his uh, guitar tech walks in with the Hofner bass with the oh. songless <laughs> sort of thing. I said, this guy's dressed to the nines. I said to Mickey, I said, here's the Holy Grail, man, right there. Wow, so wow. the guy went over and was tuning it, and I said, I'll be right back. I went over and like had to reach over and <laughs> touch. <laughs> cool. It's the first time I think I was like seriously starstruck. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, and then, you know, he Paul walks in, he's like looking around, waves, comes over, you know, I was like handshake, hug. He's like, how you doing, mate? I said, good, Paul. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he said, long trip, ready to rock and roll. And it was just like. When he was walking up, it was like somebody you went to school with or something. Oh, you know what I mean? It was like an old Isn't that amazing? mate that you hadn't seen in years. And it's like, it was, so that, that was cool. And then singing with him, doing, we did, uh, I saw her standing there and let it be. So I got McCartney in my earbuds, you know, and it, it was like, wow. Wow. That's so I mean, crazy. I think about growing up here, what kind of you know, story? two blocks away. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. To that. yeah. Had, you, had you already learned parts for that or were you winging it? The Beatles ones? Yeah. Oh, I knew them. Mm. Yeah. Just How could from, you not, from experience. Right? I told Paul yeah. what his part was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, make sure you hit this note. Simon, before I ask you the question we want to ask you, but how was Peter's uh, in, um, English? How was his yeah, accent? How was his, how was his, how was his accent? Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was about 200 miles off. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> from Leeds. From, Leeds. from, from Liverpool. From, from oh, my okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, were, you were closer to sort of South East London, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. There you go. It's so, a good effort. I'm in Gumball, Liverpool. <laughs> so, Simon, how about you? How about an experience I, you've had? I'm slightly annoyed that you didn't uh, wait to, you know, for that story to come last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the best one. I want to travel with Pete. 
I want to live with Pete. So <laughs> let's hope he's listening because it's a very Pete podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and because we did not have your second, one of your top three favorites, David Highfield, on this show this year, uh, which we have to correct in 2020, we had the guy who could easily sub in for him from the same TV station. Right. Great hair. Right. And a great sense of humor. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, does it get any better than him? We went behind the scenes of Hometown High Q. Yeah. And uh, we found out how dumb we were. Little, like, we're not trying to be funny, and it's not just something to say. We literally could not answer any of the questions. Now, Rick Dayton could, but he also had that card yeah. in front of him. <laughs> so he was able to be prompted without a teleprompter. But. Listen, kudos to that guy. His pictures that he's taking now, ridiculous. Yeah. And we're just going to let him know that if he's listening, we want to do a tour with him on his way into work so that we can do a jagging around video this year. That's a goal for 2020. <laughs> the question was, <laughs> as parents, you know, when we're doing homework, we notice that it's hard, right? We're not able to really relate the way we used to. So from a hosting perspective with this amazing game show that you've been hosting, what is that like whenever you're asking the questions that do you know all the answers? Um, of course I do. I, I write most of the questions. And, you know, I, I spend all this time thinking back to my classics and my military history. And I go through and I make sure that my math is understandable and physics, you sure. know, astrobiology. Is that even a... Everybody knows it about is. That. Of course. Yeah. yeah um, who doesn't? Yeah. But was... seriously, I am blown away at how smart these kids are. I, bet. I mean, every single week. And it's almost like sometimes you get three or four words into a question and they buzz and they answer and you look at them and say, how did you even know the question, <laughs> let alone what the answer was? Yeah. And, you know, I think part of it is that they go to a lot of these academic competitions, and so they get exposed to this, and so they get used to that. There are some kids who are more risk-taking than others. Some people sort of want to sit back, and if you sit back and wait, you're done. I mean, on, on a program mm -hmm. like this, mm -hmm. yes. you really have to be willing to take some risk, mm -hmm. and sometimes it burns you because, you know, we had somebody one year, a number of years ago, that you know, the question, and I don't, I don't know if I'll get this exactly right, but it was the only time that I can remember that we ever had to beep somebody on Hometown IQ <laughs> that we said something about, and such and such is the country, is the capital of this country of, and they buzzed in, and I stopped, and he said, beep, because basically what he said, he uh, was thinking he was going to get the rest of the question, oh, and when we did, God. now I'm going to come up with one of four Scandinavian countries. Let's see. Denmark. Nope. Sorry, Finland. Because, you know, he basically but you're was so guessing. Quick. Did you laugh at it? Um, or actually, you... it was a kid who I knew, oh. and I've joked with him. Now He's now a financial analyst working for PNC, <laughs> went to the University of South Carolina in the honors program down there, studying math and analytics, and now is back here in Pittsburgh, you know, doing this stuff for PNC oh, Bank. And I'm still I've joked to them. I said, you still are the only student we ever beeped on hometown IQ for, wow. for that. But, um, you know, sometimes they do. They just buzz in early. He said, well, Ken Rice used to go ahead and give the whole uh, – Ken Rice isn't here anymore. Ken <laughs> that's, right. that's right. When we walked in there, it was sort of like just make you feel stupid day. You know, <laughs> Take your dope to school day. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. what we've got going but on. <laughs> But I mean, and, and we watched you do the questions and it's so fluid. You're so, I mean, obviously that's what you do for a living, but th still this is d way different, is different than delivering the news no and, yeah. and, no and trying to keep that pace, right. let alone trying to not so shake, move it so fast that the kids get sh shaken up. Yeah. They become right. antsy, yeah, right? You have a lot so, to you, consider, right? Yeah. And I've, I've had a lot of people say that, you know, that they really enjoy coming on because they said that we make them feel sort of calm and relaxed and and at ease and mm -hmm. i think that that's part of it that you know kids walk in and you know and it's sort of it's this won't play as well on on radio and on, a, on a, a podcast as it would on tv but they walk in and you shake their hand and you say are they nervous you say no and you look at their hand their hand's shaking like this like a leaf <laughs> yeah, right yeah. remember blazing saddles yeah, right. yeah. you know, <laughs> he holds it up and he says well I shoot with this hand and you know it's the same it's the same kind of thing where you know kids say no 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 i'm not nervous i'm not nervous and you look mm -hmm. at them you can tell they're white as a ghost they're just terrible mm -hmm. you know so if you can get them to relax a little bit and say hey listen this is the same kind of stuff that you have in school yeah. these are the same sorts of questions that you would have in other competitions mm -hmm. 
The format is the same as what you had when you were here last year. We've got five rounds. Some are competitive. Some are non-competitive. It's just a matter of going through these and, and, and figuring it out. And, you know, let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. And the other thing is you tell them, Yale is not watching to decide if you get in today. Yeah. Right. We're not giving yeah. away money from Harvard and Stanford and Northwestern based on, you know, your knowledge of the Ottoman mm-hmm. Empire, you know. Right. And so if you can sort of help them to get that, then these kids are not used to finishing second, third, or fourth right. in anything, yeah, right. let alone in an academic competition because they're always used to getting the highest grade in the class. Yeah. So you sometimes have to help parents understand that, too. I'm sure. Oh, the yeah. God, home, yeah, the crazy parents, You know what? Yeah. The point is, you yeah. know, don't beat Johnny today because he didn't do well on <laughs> high And I'm, I'm kidding. But I like that's that. what happened to me. But that's I mean, why he said Johnny. You, he saw the scars. I looked at you, and I immediately thought, <laughs> finished That's why there's scars class. on his neck from his parents. <laughs> yeah, in his class. That's right. Uh, but in all, in all seriousness, I mean, to try to get the parents to understand mm, yes. that sure. even if you finish second on high Q doesn't mean you're not yeah. going to get a chance yeah. to go to Georgetown, right? right? I mean, because right. – and the other thing is that the reality is that when you go from junior high to high school, right, now all of a sudden you're not just competing against kids in eighth grade – or seventh grade and eighth grade. Now you're competing against kids who are 9, 10, 11, and 12. Mm-hmm. So your pool got bigger, right? Mm-hmm. You go from high school. You're not just the smartest kid in your class. You're going against all the smartest mm-hmm. kids in their class right. from all over the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it got harder when you went to Avella High School. Now it gets harder when you go on and you're at Temple. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to graduate school, it's going to get harder yet because all of those kids yeah. were really smart and got into graduate school yeah. at the Wharton School of Business right. at Penn. So, you know, that's the reality. And when you graduate, you then go up against other engineers who have done this for 35 years, and you know nothing because mm-hmm. you just got out of school. That's the reality. Yeah. I mean, that's where we live. And yeah. so it's trying to prepare kids for those sorts of realities in, in terms of what life is. And that's why we're here podcasting. For the kids who didn't do well, they're, we're like, hey, there's a future in podcasting. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, all these you know, amazing students, yes. and we all feel sort of you know, uh, not as great, right? Mm. They're, they're so much better than we are. But is there something that we go back to in our high school days yeah. where we say, I never thought I would need this, or I can't believe I know this, and this is what I remember. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, biology class, freshman year. Yep. Homer was my, Mr. Homer was my uh, biology teacher. Kingdom phylum, class order, family, genus, species, which are the classifications within biology <laughs> yes. that you need to know those sorts of things. And we get kingdom and phylum, and I'm like, come on, you idiots. Kingdom phylum, class order, family, genus, species. I don't know why it sticks in my head. My father-in-law calls me a storehouse of useless knowledge. We do the fireplace tours as we talked earlier in the winter, but that all came from the fun that we have in the summer doing the porch tours. And we had a yep. really good porch tour this summer, this in 2019. We had a gap or two due to weather and craziness, but they were so good that it just didn't matter. We could have done porch tours. Of course, with the weather, we could have done porch tours in October. <laughs> right. But one right now. we were super lucky for timing because we were able to talk to the legendary Sean McDowell right before his retirement. Yeah. And it was cool because we doubled down on that particular podcast by having Ray Petlin from KDK Weather and and Sean, like two icons in Pittsburgh media. And it was cool because they talked about how they're just like normal Pittsburgh guys. So we have Ray Petlin from KDK News, uh, the meteorologist there. So we love Ray today because it's sunny. No oh, it's doubt. a little humid, right? Yeah. And Sean McDowell, who's getting ready to Thanks, to uh, retire from WDVE after uh, the 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 station did it just at a fifty year anniversary. And how long were you there, Sean? Twenty six years since nineteen ninety three. Crazy. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. First of all, let's talk about the. Have you guys had any of the Ernie Ritchie sausage yet? I don't know. Is that have no? You even I tried saw the tray being. I'm, I'm afraid to burp like during the podcast. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm waiting a Sean couple minutes. Sean does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that we, is we not edit. even true, but it is opposite. <laughs> Pittsburgh people, John and I joke about it, but they can't help themselves. The the people they see, who they see on TV, are the reality stars to them, right? They're you're really the. the oh yeah, I saw Ray Petlin yeah. the Giant Eagle. Did you hear him in that? And you're like, he had oh, like a T-shirt yeah. on. Yeah. What? It, yeah. It's like it's like seeing your teacher at the grocery <laughs> yes. store. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. But, but people all the time, they're like, you know, it's like because when I'm not wearing a suit, I sort of blend in, but I'm. 
people think, you know, like, yeah. why, why do I know yeah. this guy? And, yeah. and, right. and, you know, an old lady will come up and it's like, why do I know you? It's yeah. like, well, you never forget your first. And usually they laugh. Bravo. Well done. Yeah, but, well but no, no, then, they, then they're like, then it's, it's like a little shocking at first and then, then they figure it out and they laugh. <laughs> I mean, why am I picturing him, like, so in the funny. strawberry section and that <laughs> happens, right? It was a bright <laughs> So this is crazy because we do have to wind up at some point because oh, we have to man. stay within our perimeters. Yeah. But uh, we did tease earlier that you were going to retell the Braddock story when you went to the bathroom. And uh, this is like a classic radio story. And then we have the question of the day for you, for you both. So, uh, was, Ray, you're not allowed to run. Uh-oh. It was 1986 in Braddock at FM 97. And in 1986, I just turned 30, so I was 31. It was a Saturday, and I was working six days a week, and my Saturday shift was 10 to 3. And so I play American Pie from Don McLean, which is eight minutes and 34 <laughs> seconds long, which gives me plenty of time to hit the men's room. Uh-huh. I close the men's room door. I have to go down the hall. This is in an old abandoned um, uh, uh, trolley repair shop. That's where our studios were in Braddock in the 1980s. I walk down a few hallways, close the men's room door behind me, and it locks from the outside. Now I can't get out. It's an eight-and-a-half-minute song. The song runs out. Now there's dead air. There's, it's a Saturday. There's no one in the entire building. I'm pounding on the door like some, one of those 50 Hitchcock movies. I'm like a woman screaming, yeah, you told me pounding on the door, let me out. So, uh, How did uh, you get out? Uh, eventually, my boss, the late Chuck Brinkman, drove down from Monroeville. He heard that we were off Jesus. the air. He drove to, Mon- uh, to Braddock from Monroeville. We were off the air for about an hour and a half. Oh, All the phone lines were ringing. Yeah. My parents, this is before cell phones. Yes. They, nobody had a cell phone in 1986. So my parents thought that I had been murdered. Uh, or I just, you know, died oh there in the studio. Oh, that is so crazy. An hour and a half of nice. Dead and he's com- lucky he wasn't comparison murdered. Comparison story, yeah. right? Yeah, right, right, right. Because how many bathrooms lock from the outside? What kind of weird place to do Oh, my God. That is so true. Probably one of the funniest lines of 2019 when Ray says, you never forget, forget your, your first. first. Yeah. Good job, Ray Petlin. He is hysterical. And... Side note, fun fact, his wife's name is Rachel, spelled the same as me. How about that? Mm-hmm. All right. And again, hitting your top three, Natalie Bensavenga. Yeah, right? Well, on the subject of fanning, it's easy, though, for us to fan over our guests in general. I mean, I, I'm not just saying this as, you know, the mom and me coming out. I don't think we've ever had a bad guest. But Natalie just ranks among her poise. You know, I say to you all the time, she just has that modern day Catherine Hepburn poise and structure and delivery of news. You know, it was just such an honor to have her and Russell Howard and all of the folks that you had at my hundredth episode. Kudos to you for making that amazing. Well, and again, I'm not here to just kind of just pat you on the back, but the fact is the poise that Natalie, you believe Natalie has is the poise that you bring to the podcast. That was a good answer. Yeah. (laughs) Did I read this? I wrote it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. What's one question you have for Natalie Bensavenga? What is your most desired interview? Oh, oh, that's easy. I would love to interview Hillary Clinton. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reason. And so everybody would, you know, of course I love Michelle Obama, so this isn't about like right. a first lady situation. Would love to have her too. But Hillary Clinton, that whole situation around that election was so interesting and so uh, complicated, and there were so many layers to it. I would love to break it down, but in, from a social worker perspective, about oh, how it impacted yeah. not her, but the communities around her. I love her. that you specified why. Because yeah. she would be an interesting subject regardless, but there's so many different ways you could go well, about wait, it. Wait, I want to ask you one question okay. then before I leave. Do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, you're With allowed. Yep. Okay. So if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and who would you want to talk to? Oh, that's a really good one. It doesn't have to be a famous person. Yeah, right. It could be a group of people or a type of situation. That's a. Re- I definitely would want to go to Alaska. Oh, because I've never been. I was supposed to go there for my honeymoon. Never made it because it was during the six months of darkness. John speaks very highly of it. He's I've been heard there. It's amazing it in the great. summer. Alaska amazing. was my amazing. answer. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and this sounds so can like, like, like a mom answer. I want to talk to anybody I can. I think yeah. the common person anywhere 
to find out what is your story uh, is just the best part. And the story in Alaska would be an interesting right? place to do right. that. Absolutely. That would so, be interesting. I don't know. I just think... Like fishermen... Like, what is going on right. with overfishing? How is it impacting them and their livelihood? No like, question. you could go, or the women there, because there, if there's so many more men than women, no, that doubt. would be like a whole dating episode. Yes. You could get Nan Cohen involved with that one. Correct. <laughs> there you go. That's a marketing nice. idea. I love it. I like it. Yeah, Let's, I like go it. To Ala- Let's go to Alaska. Let's do it. And so, we had had on our bucket list for, I think, 2017, 18, and 19, the ladies of PTL, or really, you know, we were lucky enough a couple times to have Heather Abraham and Ron Smiley, but we never had the behind the scenes ladies who make it all happen. Marie, who you are smitten with on Instagram because of her funny, like she does face. Yeah. And then of course, Joel Neely, who puts it all together. And so we finally got them on a porch tour to boot. Right. And a truly funny story that years ago, you would have never known that this happened other than them telling you right now. Right now. Now let's talk about, well, what you guys do because we love to have unique people on the podcast, right? All right. Great segue. Because, so you sort of serve a dual role because you're the porch hostess, which is a role because we get to learn about you. But we like to have people on about unique jobs. So we've emailed you both because your jobs are just so unique. And not only are they unique because you are producing this powerhouse thing that has become, right, Pittsburgh Today Live. Enough people watch it and know it and seemingly love it that I don't have to say what it is. They know. Yeah. I say Pittsburgh Today Live on KDKA and they'll say, I love that show or my mom loves that yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> we get that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. But it's get... like three call letters now. It's kind of like share, PTL. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. We get a lot of praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that the Tammy Baker show? Oh. Cute, cute. Right, no. We should come on one day. Well, Heather, Heather and David had talked about for Halloween or for yeah for Halloween coming on Jimmy, Jimmy Baker and, and Tammy. Tammy Faye. Oh my God! With like her with her makeup mascara because <laughs> it's PTA. Yeah, that would be really good. That would be fun. That might be the last day we work there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We might have to wait for that time. And you know, unique jobs, Marie. So when people never see you, but you're the person who kind of orchestrates. Yeah, we get around. Yeah, so you're the person that points to the camera. So what are you doing? We see you up there, and uh, when we're in front up. of the camera, we see you that you have certain hand signals, or you're right. pointing to the screen, you're pointing down to the teleprompter. Uh-huh. Are, are it? I guess. Do well, the it's people kind of like it's kind of like my basic job is to give them the time cues, okay, so that they know how much time they have to formulate okay. a question and wait for the answer, like kind of gracefully wrap up an answer sure. that someone's giving and then letting them know when they're off camera when there's something for them to watch that that b-roll that we mm-hmm. that we roll of an event or someone's you know or photograph photographs sure. or whatever like that and then and then a lot of it is like we i sometimes we've had um some past guests where it, you know it's like wrangling feral cats. Like you got to get them <laughs> on the scene. And, and I love David and Heather, and their energy is so great. But it's really, I mean, it's fun out there, and it's exciting. And sometimes I have to take David and go, okay, now we're over here now. <laughs> we're right over here on no, this couch funny. now. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So it, it's really Because you could fun. get lost easily, I'm right. sure, in the topics, yeah, right? right. Because if it's really a good segment, it keeps rolling. Yeah. And, you you know, like you don't want it. I'm sure Jill doesn't want it to cut off unnaturally. Right. Like right. it's get organically mm-hmm. going well. Sometimes she'll give them extra we'll time. Adjust. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's when live. That's the toughest. Yeah. No, go ahead, Joe. I was gonna say one of Marie's finest moments. So, when we had the hot dog eating champ. Oh my God! <laughs> and she, I couldn't see. I'm in the control room. I can't see Marie's my eyes out there in right. the studio. And That's a good point. This, yeah. So you do it, Marie. <laughs> Oh. So we had we had two with a, like a professional, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had the local guy, and they were having a, was it for the regatta or something? No, no, it was they were going to get to go to the Coney Island hot dog eating. Oh, wow. oh that's right. right. So they were in Pittsburgh recruiting for okay. local contestants. Right. So we had we had the professional, and then we had the local guy, and uh, so I walk in the studio, and this is when Christine was hosting, and we had our old set. And there's a paramedic, and I'm thinking, mm, that's a little overkill, right? Because it's like, yeah, you know, a you're paramedic. eating the hot dog, yeah. So then we get we get into this segment, and uh, the professional he shows his his method, which I guess all of them do. They soak, they dip the hot dog bun and the hot dog in the water so that the bun becomes virtually non-existent, and then they mm, shove it down their maw. It's really gross. Look at Reggie's face, he's Yeah, that's like gross. <laughs> so he he demonstrates it, and then the next guy, the local guy, gets up. 
And he goes, oh, well, I like to do two at once. And he's getting cocky, right? So he breaks it in half and he dips it. And I notice that his, the bun is not compressed, yeah, right? Yeah. And he shoves it in his face. And, and then he starts, and, and Christine's asking him questions. And he's like doing this macabre kind of like tableau. I'm joking. Like, oh, like, like this charade that is not really good. So he turns to me. And I'm like, holy crap, like something is wrong, right? So I look at the paramedic, and he's like, I don't know, looking at his nails. He's not even looking, right? Uh-huh. So I get, on, I get on the headset. I'm like, we we have to go to break. We have to go to break. And they're like, why? Because they don't see this, right? Oh, right. right. Marie's telling me, go to break, go and to break. He's looking at me. This is he's, going great. He's gesture, gesturing to his throat. He's on a tethered Which mic. is the universal sign of choking, off. by yeah. the way. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm like. I go to the paramedic. I grab him. I go, he's choking. And I go to run to the to the to get the trash can because I know what's coming. Yeah, right? like the end result of what's going to happen. And by the time I get there, the deed is done and it's all over the floor. Oh. And, but the worst part is, and I have to give kudos to Christine, man. Yes. This all played Absolutely. out in her eye line. She's and looking she's, across the table at this guy. Yeah. Choking. And she's asking questions that guy. And this whole macabre thing play is happening oh, in front of her and it was like that's crazy yeah so we almost killed a guy with she a never oh my god her, is that right yeah she never indicated anything was no, going on she I mean, was such a professional like, i really had a lot of respect for her that day yeah. man because she just oh, kept rolling oh my god as we wound down we had a chance to go to a winery and why wouldn't we invite the duffy women am i getting credit wine? for this one yeah okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> because you know i'm infatuated with the duffy women i love their candor i love that they whine with their you know conversations and it just made sense to have them at the winery hilarious because they took your rapid fire challenge like pros the voices you're hearing they're not in your head they are the duffy women who if you are like me, it's sort of like the Kardashians, but not at all. <laughs> right? Right? So much yes. better than the We're Kardashian girls. We're so much girls. cooler. And, <laughs> like, we actually have some substance, I think. A little, you have a you know lot of I mean? substance. You know yeah. Because we, we less like silicone. Yeah. yeah. And le- <laughs> I mean, speak right? for yourself. Right? I had a rough year last oh, year. Oh, please, sister. You guys are fantastic. You are as real as they get. I love it. We appreciate I lo- it. I do. You are so family-oriented. I love when you get... Who's the favorite daughter stuff? Uh, like, it's my sister. It, what's the most controversial thing you all talked about, Alex? Oh, um, I think our conversation, either about Sarah and her parenting, which we were calling Sarah that mother. Um, I mean, yeah. Just a promo look. It was, it was not at all uh, about that. It was just about, you know, kids screaming and crying and letting them go. And then I think the ones about millennial dating where Sarah and I shared oh, yeah. our yeah. experiences with our recent ex-boyfriend definitely got some heat and oh, that was interest a, and engagement in a like a perfect way. Yes, perfect, perfect. People are afraid to date us because th- we, they're afraid we're going to talk about them. Anytime I've ever told like a potential man that I'm going, that this is what we do. He's like, are you going to talk about me on the show? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> if you do something worthy of so talking. So the Duffy women are like Adele and Taylor Swift. You're like, yeah. you yes. know, yes. if you cross that path, yes. you become a song Sorry. or a podcast. Oh, absolutely. What happens? <laughs> We're controversial. Absolutely. <laughs> what happens? But I think, though, that, and Alex, um, we've talked about this, too. We do want to get into some... You know, some other topics, maybe some more controversial things and some things that, again, we all talk about, but... I am always down to talk about controversial topics. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, whether it's about sex or whether it's about, you know, who knows what it would be about. But, I mean, like, we have some ideas and some things already outlined that, you know, it'll be fun. But, yeah, it might be a little controversial. I'm into it. So we went to Lumaze. It wasn't Lumaze. It wasn't because it was luminescent amazing. It wasn't any of that, but we took Annie Enrheim with us and Greg Brown, and the two of them just started talking about fixing toilets and selling Greg's house. That was, to sum it up in a nutshell, that was it, except add some constant laughter from John Chamberlain as a mm-hmm. fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we might be going to Italy to, to fix furnaces with Maybe. Andy and Greg and the new manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, really? Greg, did, do we have to let did. you go or do you want to stay till Andy yeah. finishes? It's totally up to you. Uh, you want to go look at lights? Uh, well, you're, yeah. Go I mean, count them. You tell me. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I just know Greg's like we're, we're our biggest passion in life is talking. That's right. And mm. I think we're both pretty good at okay. it. I've got, so. nothing, I've got nothing to do. Yeah. It's uh, wintertime. Well, like, I understand your toilet's broken at home. Your wife just called. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go pick the toilet up and carry it into Andy Amrai's true value. Because he's <laughs> moving. Did you know Greg was moving? Well, you're moving. It doesn't have to work anymore. There'll be more to do at the new house for sure. Who's a better golfer here between you two? Well, this year I'd say I probably played more than Greg did, so I probably have him this year. Mm. Past years we were both really terrible. You're my force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess would would both be twenty handicaps. You know, I don't even know what that something means. like that. So <laughs> I could care. We, we, we hit the ball a lot. Golf the ball is my handicap. Well, yeah. That's yeah. great in general. The, the thing with, the thing with golf is. You yeah. got two, three hours of relaxing where you're yeah, not being bothered. You turn the yeah. cell phone off. Usually, I do, not always, depending on the Andy, time. Andy, lights just went out. I think they need well, you. I saw that. Well, yeah, you, you put know, a cape one on? goes no, out, Andy. They, they all go, you got to check ready. Yeah. <laughs> it just got dark in here. Do you think it's a problem that there's smoke and flames coming no, from the bottom? No, so it's fine. Oh, okay. where Someone we let just you... tripped over the court. That's, that's all it is. It's fine. There's no one panic. before they put it together, it's fine. That's it. Right. So before we let you go, the gentleman who was here from Vancouver, who actually started Lumaze, Oh. We let him know that there were two questions. One was the easy one that you asked each other already. Okay. And the other one was, I think that Lumaze, the term, was made because of luminating amazement. Lumaze. Uh, okay. So what two words would you put together to describe the holiday season? And the other easy question was, multi-lights are, are clear, and you guys already went through yeah. that four times. Yeah. So you get yeah. the harder question. So the hard I, question. My, my wife told me that I like clear lights. I know. That was yeah, nice that's of exactly her. It. Right. But what two yeah. words would you put together? For the holiday season, mm-hmm. uh, friends and family. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, family. Right. I look, I look family. forward to seeing friends and family. That's yeah. my, Same. That's yeah. my brings us all Christmas. together. That's my holiday is Greg. seeing. Jeez, I don't know. That's, that is a t- hard one. Wow. You guys have thought this out, haven't you? We do that now. Remember, Rachel's you brought that thinker. out in us. Yeah. We plan yeah. and we think. Well, yeah, because I, I didn't bring this on where you combine <laughs> words <laughs> to create a... And you know how many people got involved over the years to come up with LeMaze? They had meetings. They had hundreds of... They spent thousands of dollars. And I'm here to come up with a Christmas Greg's, word. Greg's like, holiday means moving. Moving. Jeez, oh, man. Uh, uh, chaos. Holidays, <laughs> mayhem. What is it's that? It's true. Play, play yeah. Playamaz. Mayhaz. Yeah, there you go. Like, there you I go. Like it. it sounds Christmas. very, yeah. Lo- yeah. Love it. And, uh, so you're off to, uh, sell your house. Do you want to do a commercial for that right now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I did a, uh, one-on-one interview with Ben Sherrington, the new general manager, uh, the day it was announced, uh, that he was named. We went into the ballpark and got a studio and I did about an hour long one-on-one with him. And at the end, uh, we were walking out, and I just met him. I said, "By the way, if you're moving to Pittsburgh," uh, and a couple of guys that were there, a couple of came, were like, "My God, don't you have any shame? What is wrong with you?" And and, and Ben, there was nothing. There were crickets. Uh, funny. So he didn't funny. say anything. So uh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever you need to do to get him on the Jagoff podcast, you know, he he needs to be with us. He'd love a he trip to, to Italy. Right. There we go. So there we go. It's a all. We're going to furnace fixing trip. Ben Sherrington, Andy Amari, John and Rachel. Colin and the rest. Elbows <laughs> deep in the furnace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we have. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, if Year. you're listening to this right now, you will know that we will be down at first night uh, doing some videos on the Ajaga Facebook page of different things behind the scenes of first night. Thanks to the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust. And thanks to everyone who made 2019 such a success from Entercom. Uh, so many big things happen, so many such newsworthy things, especially for the Ajagoff team. And we can't thank everyone enough for contributing to that success. And here's to 2020. Right. And thanks especially to Rorick Honda, who is still placing red bows on Rorick rides to finish out a successful 2019. Don't let the showroom fool you. There's a wonderland of Rorick rides waiting to be had with hundreds of styles simply waiting for your specific choice of color, make, and needs. Stop by our Bloomfield location or, as always, visit us at Rorick.com.